Yo, what up? We're back. It is your boy, Brian, and I'm here with Colt Mio, naturally. And Colton, I want to start off <laughs> naturally. with... Naturally. Uh, naturally. Colton, I want to start off with uh, more chaos. You know, 2021's been chaotic already. 2020 was chaotic. And we might as well just full send into, not conspiracy, but like, let's be real, dude. The dominoes are lining up. Joe Biden's That's old... True. India is in a catastrophic The lizard lords are about to take over. <laughs> Homie. So, Colton, that being said, what's your over-under on if slash when the stock market crashes and Stonks. then the housing bubble bursts? <laughs> what are we at? What do you think? Um, well, first off, stonks are looking good. You know, uh, have right. you seen Doge, the jobs report Dogecoin? Just came out. Uh, Dogecoin's doing well. Um, <laughs> amc and uh what was the other one GameStop, gamestop doing real well i we should just throw blockbuster on there while we're at it uh yeah so all that is to say i have complete trust in their market when you have a bunch of guys on reddit that can dominate a whole month uh of stocks so that just makes me more confident um yep and then i have some family members that are realtors and hearing the the amount of money people are spending over market on their houses yep. also make me really confident in this super confident um, so yeah overall o- over under uh we have about three three four days until the lizard lords take over joe biden removes his uh human skin mask <laughs> and, and uh, the lizard king finally exposes himself for what he is and we must and everybody all... who's got the vaccine will be neuralinked up exactly to him, right? that's me i will that's you i will uh i will be linked up to lizard king biden um yep. and i will carry out his will uh, yeah, and whatever that is, that's probably I'll just start canceling people. I'll mm-hmm. like we're just gonna be like a horde of people walking around yep. downtown Seattle and just yelling mm-hmm. shame and just shaming everyone. Nice. Um, so I'm excited. I'm you excited to finally see my you... my lizard king. Oh, that is yeah, yeah. That's why I moved here um, to join the shame party. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, there you go. So it's gonna be good. Um, it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a real good time. Anyway, what about you? What What is your over under? Uh, marketwatch.com just released an article that said, simply put, this week has been a case of bad news on the economy, translating into good news for stocks. <laughs> the stocks. U.S. economy created just 266,000 jobs in April, the Labor Department reported, far short See? of the consensus forecast for a rise of 1 million. This is the what happens. The unemployment rate also rose to 6.1. Bottom yeah. line is that it was disappointing jobs report, said Jeff Schulz, an investment strategist at Clearbridge Investments. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm like... How are stocks better when no one's actually like making money? <laughs> yeah, but we're making money, so I'm just this like. This is what right, happens then. when you elect a lizard king instead of an economic it's guru true. like Trump. Uh, we got jobs are down and, and unemployment's up, and it's just we told you. And stocks are just stonks. Great. Yeah, stonks just. Anyway, going. we are not here. Yep. We are not financial advisors, nor are we really never anything advisors other than no. for you on uh, uh what are you what are you an advisor anime shows uh and i'm an advisor even that dude i'm 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 very much a mainstream weeb so okay well I'm you're a mainstream really an weeb advisor i'm a yep. napolitana pizza advisor. pizza advisor you, um, you you know good pizza and donuts that's it just bread yep bread bread central over here <laughs> bc bc colton carbs um anyway <laughs> Speaking yeah. of speaking of let's Seattle and shame, um, let's talk about oh, protests man. and riots and Christian responses, Ryan. Because the people want to know, Ryan, do they you know. did you march with BLM? Did you do that? 
Um, no, but according to my executive pastor, uh, who I love dearly, uh, he asked me if I heard about the story that I've been accused of most recently for marches. Um, turns out at some point this year, I jumped on our stage at church and started chanting Black Lives Matter, Black wow. Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And I have then, video of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then our lead pastor j- joined me. Wow. And we both started a started a, a charge for <laughs> um, for Black Lives Matter. Um, that did you like? That, did you like do it like half of the crowd goes Black Lives, and then the other half goes Matter? <laughs> no, uh, no. I think what I did was instead I um, I drove my Tesla into oh. the life. Just kidding. No, Got that's it. not what happened. Yeah. I don't have a Tesla. No, yeah. I actually I just learned about this and um, <laughs> yesterday, and uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Did you, uh, after you chanted Black Lives Matter, did you recite right. the Marxist call as well? Um, and oh, did, what's that? Did you bow down to your atheist critical race theory lords? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, I'm, dude. I'm getting cynical. No, I, was I, did I forget uh, to do that? Our job is Shoot. not to be cynical here um, because no. that's everyone else. Uh, and we're, that's not us. We're just, it's not us. It's not us. Well, a little bit sometimes. It's but, not us. But we're not going to stay there. Um, right. So I actually did. Uh, I was at some of the marches, some of the rallies, especially yeah, if they I did down one last this summer. summer. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was at Chaz or Chop for those of you who heard about uh, the autonomous zone in Seattle, <laughs> which there's a lot. Nice. There's a lot right. to say about. A lot there. Yeah. A lot to say about that. I took most of my friends who visited to Chaz, um, like at least the area. Guys, it was literally like. For those of you who live in uh, Mesa, uh, the area that was taken over is basically like Mill Ave. Um, it's like the cool young person area to hang out. There's bars and stuff. So it's basically just a young people were there protesting, and then they just decided not to leave. And then someone said, we're going to call this an autonomous zone. And then that drew in other anarchists. <laughs> and so then they just took over. But it Wild. was literally like – think of uh, – I'm trying to think of something that people all share in Mesa. Think of like Riverview Park. But yeah. cut it in fours, like cut it into a fourth. Uh, think of like just where the like the little play area is, where that little big tall spire thing is. Think sure. of that with like the other things. That's how big really the area was. It was literally yeah, just so a play field. Ryan, Ryan was there. Ryan, you went there with me. <laughs> I was. <laughs> um, not when it was it still going on at that time. I think it was. It was a on the bit. down low, but they were trying to do yeah. like community meetings to get more organized. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't see good. really any black people there either. No, it's Seattle. Um, so oh, yeah. anyway, I was there. I was there when uh, Chaz happened. I actually was there when cops flashbanged everyone, <laughs> um, and like it was a concussion grenade or something. Um, but I mean, it, speaking of uh, speaking of that, like we'll we'll get into this. But the whole time during a lot of these protests and riots, I was wondering and I was asking myself and asking my friends, I'm like, where are the pastors? Because right. like if you think of like our history in America of uh, social you know justice and social evolution, it's it's almost always been propelled um, by Christians and Christian pastors, normally non non white Christian pastors. Um, but I was still wondering because it was led mostly in this is kind of the new transition we've seen I think in the eighties nineties and on, where it was led mostly by actually local rappers, um, which was cool yeah. in some ways. Um, yep, conscious rap, dude. But it was still, I mean, I, I kind of mourned the fact that there was this movement of people wanting a good thing regardless of what you think about the means or the way to get there they wanted a good thing which is justice equality and there was just a lack of christian engagement with it at least where i was at and what i was watching sure there were some like church prayer walks and church marches here or there um but for the most part on the ground in in the weeds um that was kind of my experience 
But anyway, Ryan, when you when you hear okay, everything, I think everyone for the most part is okay with protests. Um, we'll talk more about protesting during sports and politics and sports. <laughs> so we'll hit that a little ahead. But let's let's focus in on riots because most people that's their biggest beef. It's like you you're okay with people rioting and looting and all this stuff. So. Ryan, could you maybe like flesh out the difference a little bit between protests and riots slash riot looting? Yeah, yeah man. I mean, uh, so protests are a First Amendment right where you can have a lawful uh, assembly just say, hey, um, this is something we see our government doing and we disagree with it and we want to have a conversation and move things forward constitutionally. Uh, that's something literally America began <laughs> as a protest. Tea party. Uh, yeah, dude. It's like, hey, okay. The monarchy doesn't want to listen. Guess it's time to throw some tea into this harbor. Like, Those rioters. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so when I when I talk about uh, protests, uh, there's legitimate. Uh, here's what's happened. We disagree with action being taken or not taken. Therefore, we are going to gather to have dialogue about this to move our laws as the people, since we are a constitutional republic, and we have that ability. Uh, to move our lawmakers into action to represent the the will and need of um, the people who believe the governing is not happening correctly or is not happening at all. Um, and so that's kind of a protest. And, and people gather and, and you have signs and you have conversation, you have dialogue, and you, you start a cause. And you're able to, quote, shut down uh, just normal business activity mm-hmm. should businesses let you um, and, and organizations let you. Uh, to do that, to have that conversation, that is just a that is a method built into the fabric of how America governs itself. Riots are uh, when that um, that same assembling happens, but with um, an actual violent arc to it, uh, yeah. and that violent can be to people, or that can be to property, or that can be be to um, uh, the government itself. Uh, and so the rioting is not the same as a protest. Rioting yeah. uh, doesn't have organization to it. Riot in within itself, the epistemology of rioting is that it is chaotic. Uh, there isn't a centrality to it. Rioting means there's not actually anything that's supposed to be figured out. Yeah. It is actually just supposed to be um, chaotic. And yeah. so there's a difference there. Now... This is where it gets tricky because <laughs> what if they're happening at the same listen, time? What if it started as yeah. a protest and turned into a riot? Yeah. What, what do we do, we with, do with that? And I'm going to say it again. Looks like the monarchy didn't want to listen. So what are you going to do? We're going to throw this tea into the harbor. Let's take the money out of your hands. See what happens. So anyways. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about like the Christian vision for that, uh, but that's like explaining what it is. Because again, people see protesting. The, like me and Ryan could be on a march that's peaceful and be there the whole time, but people could see that and immediately think riot, or you know, people just conflate the two. And so I think it's helpful to differentiate between those two. Um, and one thing, speaking to like the violence of rioting and why people might do that or why they might think it's effective. Um, and actually, in, in 1967, there was a civil rights leader or activist named Rap Brown, and he said, it's his famous line, he said, I say violence is necessary. Violence is a part of America's culture. It is American wow. as cherry pie. Um, I'll say that one more time. It is as American as cherry pie. We will use that violence to rid ourselves of oppression if necessary. 
So in, in terms of some of the riots, this is the motivation. There is a belief that peaceful protesting will not work. This happened in MLK's time where, you know, you have Malcolm X, maybe others, even though Malcolm had a, a journey of his own. Um, some people thought that just peacefully protesting, trying to just have dialogue wouldn't work. We need to hit people in their pocketbooks, which is some of the boycotts that uh, MLK would do. We need to even do some things that are more dramatic. We need to escalate things because, again, normally oppressors, if that's how you view them, won't listen until you hit them somewhere, whether physically, yep. whether economically, whatever. That's the same reason the typically Tea Party. Typically economically, right? Um, yeah, typically economically, very very few times you'll see like an actual assassination <laughs> or something like that. Well, uh, oh man. I mean, it happens a lot. The more I think about this, the more tricky it gets in our yeah. history. Oh. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, We'll get to, again, what we actually think about these things. But, again, we want to create a cultural understanding because we need to understand people first right. before we can uh, critique them, condemn them, encourage them, whatever. Um, it's kind of one of those things where I see people so surprised at people angry and violent in the streets. I'm like, why, why are we surprised that Americans are violent? <laughs> we are so angry and mad and critical. We and love violent violence. Everything. We love yeah. violence, bro. Like, we love John Wick. Uh, my dad loves John Wick, uh, which is one of the most like, – I can't watch the gore. In these movies anymore just because i'm just like ah. no. um like i don't want to continue we always to, love like, you yeah. go oh i was gonna say we love white guys named john doing like <laughs> cool stuff blowing things up yeah like white guys like happened. john the baptist john mclean <laughs> john the baptist john wick john wayne the apostle <laughs> Dude, all, John, all white guys. Get, oh my <laughs> I was waiting for you. But to seriously, catch John it. Wayne, John Wick, John McClane. It's like, wow. Yeah. You guys are just killing people. Yeah. But also, like, we get, like, we get, like, yeah. you need to use violence against ISIS, right? Like, ISIS won't listen. They won't listen to peaceful dialogue, right? So, what does America mm-hmm. do? They kill them. They literally bomb them. Um, that was one of the things mm. Trump ran on. We love World War II films, World War I films that show yep. violence as the way to accomplish uh, democracy means. We use violence. Fury messed me up, bro. Oh, yeah. I'm never watching that movie again. Um, and there's just, like, there's just so much violence around us. But when we, when we understand where that violence is coming from, we're okay with it. We might not even call it a right. We call it just means. We call it what we had to do. In the same way, mm. I don't want to hit on it too soon, but with January 6th, some of y'all might not have agreed with storming the Capitol, but some of right. us probably could understand why, right? We could understand why they were angry, right? We could understand what could lead them to do that. Even though you might say, you know, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go storm the Capitol. But I bet because maybe you have some solidarity in political party or with race or culture, you at least understand where that came from. You understand the anger that started there. You agree with the anger. You agree with what they're mad about. So in the same way, uh, we are trying to seek understanding. Even listening to this podcast, seek understanding for why someone turns violent. It doesn't make it okay. It doesn't mean it's what we want. It doesn't mean what me and Ryan will even advocate for. And we'll talk about that more. But nope, it, it, it's not condoning it. It's just saying we understand it. And MLK has this quote, which most people have heard, um, and it was used a lot <laughs> uh, around that time. Um, but uh, basically, what he says is, "I contend that the cry of black power." is at bottom a reaction to the reluctance of white power to make the kind of changes necessary to make justice a reality for the Negro. I think that we've got to see that a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the economic plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. So he's not condoning the riots, but he's saying 
as things get worse economically for this group of people, as things get worse in terms of police brutality, whatever, what else do we expect? <laughs> you know, not yep. that it's okay, but it's like, why are people shocked? Like, oh my gosh, no one ever do this. Literally, people throw riots when they win a f- college football game, and everyone's like, that makes total oh. sense. <laughs> Bro, remember when the Eagles won, dog? <laughs> you remember? Flipping cars? Philly's nuts, dude. Knocking street lights over? Yeah. Yeah, but that's Bro. that's understandable because we understand the emotion so underneath. We understand their experience. We don't understand the black experience in America and why it would lead to this. We don't we don't see it. So yeah. I'm, uh what sorry. Are, yeah, I was just gonna ask you, like as I'll have a long quote from Isama Coley I'll share after after you're done, but uh-huh. as we sit in our churches and look at what's happening on the streets, and I'm sure in the future there'll be more riots, there'll be more protests. What what is kind of that you know that gray area? Where is that wiggle room? We even kind of mentioned it. Like, what parts should we be participating in? When should we condone things? When should we condemn things? What should we encourage, Ryan? Um, we'll talk more scripturally, maybe about things, but like even just practicality level, um, what would have you liked to see last summer from Christians in your community in terms of the protests? Yeah, I think. Um... What I would have, what, man, what I would have wanted to see last summer, probably a gathering of, this is happening, what can we do? Hmm. Like, this is happening, not, should this be happening, shouldn't it be happening, why is it happening, it was just like, no, this is happening, these are human beings. That's a high priority for the church is human beings, the priority for the church. And I would have loved to see in my community more of, okay, what are we going to do about this? Hmm. Um, Things ended mainly at the conversational level or at the prayer level or at the, we need to mourn with those who mourn level. Or even at the debate level where they just debated about it and then neither side did anything. Right. And so I think, yeah, I, I I wish we would have taken it more seriously in the sense of why this is happening and we should do it. We should do something, um, whether that's monetarily, whether that's, um, you know, more of a uh, educational thing, it's just something, just, just do something. <laughs> uh, and I know that was hard with COVID. Um, and we had a few conversations in house and a lot of conversations behind the scenes. Uh, but I could stand to reason that a lot of people in our congregation not just me because i'm the black guy not just me (laughs) were were wanting and still want to yeah do a thing um whether that's organizing whether that's marching whether that's uh monetizing something or or supplying money towards something uh even fostering like oh this is happening in the world we need to foster more kids who are in low-income communities now or -hmm. like more kids that are like just that even as a response uh yeah. so yeah i guess well, that's, that's my a, that's initial a sign of understanding some of the root angst underneath the riots or the that's protests true. that's where true. you're like oh yeah. what we're going to commit to to help not let rioting and destroying businesses happen again is we're going to commit to fostering and helping lower income communities because it's in the built up of no one helping no one hearing the cries people turning a deaf ear to the plight yeah. of you know injustice that eventually mm-hmm. leads to an escalation of retaliation 
when if we actually could understand the roots, then we could do that day to day, week to week, month to month, not when protests or riots are happening. So that there's actually these rooted things happening. So it doesn't just lead to a combustion in the streets, even though, again, a lot of the stuff happening in the streets is good, peaceful, um, whatever. But for those Christians who are really worried about the rioting happening again, well, then understand where it's coming from and do something about the origin. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let sure. me let me uh, read this quote from Esau McCauley, and then we can either respond to it or whatever. It's just like he just says it so much better <laughs> than how I could ever frame it. Um, he was on a, a podcast with Ed Stetzer, um, and this was in, in June, right around while the protests were happening. And this is what Esau says. He says, there is a cycle of what happens. There's a racial incident, African-Americans protests. Some of these protests from people inside and outside the community turn violent. People say, hey, look at this. Why aren't the Christians who are speaking out against the racial injustice equally strong speaking about the riots? He goes on to then say, first, there is no real question as to where Christians stand on riots. There isn't a kind of evangelical pro-riot, black riot faction. Therefore, on one level, there is not a need to condemn rioting as a form of social protest because everybody's clear about this in the Christian community. The problem is that the very people who are mad at us for not being strong enough against riots are the same people who say systemic racism isn't a problem. This only manifests the contradiction. There's no question we are all opposed to riots. There seems to be a question as to whether or not Christians should speak out against systemic oppression. The second thing that I want to say about this is that if you want to talk to someone who is behaving in a way that is counterproductive, the first thing you need to do is actually show some empathy. If the first thing you do is come in and say, law and order, law and order, law and order, you're not understanding the deep sense of frustration. A riot is the manifestation of hopelessness. The first thing that I try to do, and you've seen many African-American leaders do this, is to say, I get it. You're frustrated. It seems like these videos will never stop, and this has been going on for years. Then once you've established that you care, you can begin to push back on the riots themselves. You can't come to a community that you hate and then rebuke them for behaving in a way that you don't find appropriate. You didn't care about them anyway. The only people who have the social and moral standing to speak to a community of unrest is people who at least can begin to understand the cause of that unrest. As a Christian, I believe that the means and the ends must be one. You can't have a good end with an improper means. If the end is justice, for the Christian, that means uh, the means themselves have to be just. The Christians who are protesting against systemic oppression, at least those who are biblically faithful, are the ones who are saying, ultimately, even if I understand some of the frustration that's going on, these riots are not a Christian means of advocating for social change. It is a historical lie to say, well, if the African-American Christians would simply protest nonviolently, we would support them. The nonviolent protests were condemned too. It's not the case that if, it's, if there's the right form of protest that people would be satisfied with it. The fact is that any public black advocacy for justice brings condemnation. It feels Ooh. like people are wanting, are waiting for the riot just so they can condemn the underlying issue. I think that last line's poignant. It that feels line. like people are waiting. It feels like people are waiting for the riot just so that they can condemn the underlying issue. I mean, wasn't that exactly how it felt two weeks ago while we were waiting for the George um, or the Derek Chauvin trial, the verdict for yep. George Floyd being murdered? It was literally just, all right, get ready for these riots. National Guard's here. Get ready for the riots. Mm -hmm. They're going to riot no matter what the, the call is. And in my mind, I was like, please don't. Please don't. And then yeah. Maxine Waters came out and said, we oh got to get gosh. violent. And it's like, no, my gosh, Maxine, don't do this. But dude, for real, it yeah. seems like we're just waiting so that we can get racially gaslighted again. 
Yeah. Like, see, yeah. we told you. Yeah. People are just, they don't say anything when it's peaceful protests. They don't encourage nope. it. They don't condemn it. They're just hoping and hoping and hoping that it gets violent, that it gets turns into mm-hmm. a riot. So then they can say, see, 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 see. And that's, no why, racism. This is that's why that one cop you mentioned that busted in those windows uh, mm-hmm. in the last episode with the broken window policing that busted in those windows because he knew if I start breaking, I almost said the S word, if I start breaking some crap all over this place, mm. that will maybe lead to more violence, which will then allow yep. us who are against this to condemn it. We can't condemn it. We know a peaceful protest is good because we're Americans. So we can't condemn that. We almost are hoping that it gets violent and dangerous. Look at this propaganda quote. Words of the unheard, slang of broken, sound of the hopeless, storefront smoking, innocence murdered, brought no charges, GoFundMe donate, hood car washes, everyone watches, peaceful protests, cops got tear gas, basic smofest, condemn violence, speak up loud boy, but come them riots, peep them proud boys. Last thing he says in this whole thing is, history lesson, make them listen, maybe after maybe after we burn that federal building. This is from No Intian Day. Hmm. Um, he just came out with this two weeks yeah. ago, or two months ago. It's literally clockwork, man. Yeah. It's clockwork. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if anything, actually, in America's history, riots by white people against black people is far more common. Uh, we're going to have a whole episode on uh, lynching and and mobs and like that literally the mobs and the rioting has always more so been white people against black people. Um, you can look at this in Tulsa in 1921, uh, at black wall street, um, which is basically just a whole black economic ecosystem that was just burned down, um, by a bunch of white people. And then Chicago in 1919, um, where it's just basically mass, mass killings, mass lynchings, mass burnings. Um, and the, guys, this is literally a hundred years ago. Uh, this is not, again, not that long ago. Um, so one last, one last quote for us. And then Ryan, let's talk about, okay, that's like understanding it. That's why that's, that's the cause that's the underlying stuff. But then like, what, what is kind of our Christian response? What is the, what is the path forward? But one last quote from, um, W E B the boys, the boys, or the Bois, depending on who you talk to. Um, but he, he was responding to the Chicago riots in 1919. Um, and he made the case for armed resistance as a defensive response to the acts of violence. He said, if the United States is to be a land of law, we would live humbly and peacefully in it, working, singing, learning, and dreaming to make it and ourselves nobler and better. If it is to be a land of mobs and lynchers, we might as well die today as tomorrow. Mm. And so even, you know, in history, People are like, where's the black leaders condemning the riots? Where's the black leaders condemning the riots? It's like, you're just not listening. Like, yeah. it's it's very clear. Like, 90% of black Christian leaders who have any voice in this are condemning it, if not 99%. You have a Maxine Waters <laughs> here or there. You might have a uh, Sean King here or there. Um, but for the most part, it is, it is not a, yeah, go on, destroy everything. It's more we understand, we get it. That also might work, but it's it's not a just means, just like Esau said. Um, so, Ryan, what kind of what it, it within within protests and in in violence and in riots? Um, one thing I'll say first, and then you can you can take it from there. Is I kind of just love that in some ways, although it's rooted in you know trying to deflect and gaslight, but I do love that nonviolence has won as the preferred choice of most people in America. Like MLK's movement of, because America is violent. Look at our history. Like we did not use nonviolence as a path towards protest, really. Um, so I just love, in some ways, even though it's tongue in cheek, that that actually is our preferred choice. That is what we're calling people to, even if it's to gaslight them. 
Um, but there's another thing that I want to ask then as Christians, are we actually truly and faithfully nonviolent? Um, is that actually one or is that only what we want black people to do? Are we nonviolent when it comes again to ISIS? Do we protest peacefully against them? Um, what about when we are fighting other forms of terrorism abroad? Do we find non, non-combative, non-lethal, non-destructive ways to fight that? Or do we just bomb the heck out of all of them? When it, when it comes to a lot of these things that we then find an enemy, very rarely when we found an enemy do white evangelicals uh, support nonviolence. They always support some type of war, some type of bombing, some type of violence, some type of destruction. But when it comes to black Americans protesting against their oppressors, um, which are some white Americans or just some of the institutions, then it's, you know, you guys should be nonviolent. Um, so what about you? Is there examples, Ryan, of protests in the Bible <laughs> or examples of uh, nonviolent resistance in the Bible? What, what is the path forward to fighting oppressors and injustice uh, from the biblical standpoint? Man, in the Bible you know, <clears throat> I don't want to appropriate what was going on with, uh, some of the, the Canaanite, um, I guess the expositions that, uh, that Israel took, um, against, uh, Canaanite peoples in the promised land. Cause I, I, I this is hard. And I want to be careful here, but man, it got to the point for Yahweh when he kept Israel in Exodus or in, um, he kept Israel in Egypt for 400 years. And he said, look, the sin of the Amorites is not yet complete. And part of that was him being patient with them, but they were committing incredible atrocities with, uh, you know, cult prostitution and child sacrifice and following basically after Baal, Molech and, um, uh, Asherah, all these Canaanite storm gods and fertility goddesses and things like that. And at some point, God was like, hey, enough. This just can't go on anymore. Yeah. Um, and and I don't have exactly how violent or how in, intense uh, those things were. I don't, I don't want to sit here and, and try to scale it. But there's at some point justice is going to call for something. And I'm, and I'm somebody who's personally against the death penalty. Um, and I'm against, I am a pacifist and as a libertarian, I, I want all the troops everywhere around the world to just not be in the places that they are. I want all of them to come home to America. Um, and yet I also understand there's this tension here where biblically when atrocities are being committed and there is no justice and everybody does what's right in their eyes and their own eyes, judges got raised up and, um, God, God was patient with the people's. But when they followed after other gods and committed heinous sins of, of death and and did that against their own children, he I think just used Israel as a as a an an exercise of that judgment. Now I don't want to make this again. <laughs> I'm going to be careful yeah, here because yeah. I don't think that's what our current American situation necessarily is. But a reckoning is going to come if you don't care about people and if you keep treating pe- treating people like they're not people yeah. and you keep taking lives yeah. and nobody does anything about it. That's just how it's going to go. Yeah. I'm not saying that's how it should go. I'm just saying that's just how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, the scriptural narrative in some ways, this kind of 
order that God has put in the universe of this blood crying out from the ground, ignoring the, the calls of um, the poor or the people who are being oppressed and the rich and right. rulers, ignoring them and, and fattening themselves. There is a cycle that eventually you reap what you sow. Um, you that is the beauty of, of Jesus is that we get the chance and the opportunity to not. Um, we get grace. Um, there is still some natural uh, consequences of sin. We've seen that in our own lives. Um, but yeah, there is this reality of like, man, if we continue to neglect the poor, continue to neglect um, people who are image um, made in the image of God and, and being gunned down, choked down, kneeled down, whatever, um, this is naturally kind of how the order of things work on the earth where there is this uprising. It's, it's not because I'm for that, um, but it is what we just see happening. And I think Jesus, I mean, even to like turn it to Jesus, like I do think he turns some of protesting and riding on its head. Like you see what Jesus is upside down kingdom of like, we conquer over our oppressors by actually being conquered. Um, Mm -hmm. We turn tables by turning the other cheek to our oppressors. We bless when we are cursed um, the victims of this world will then become victors in the world to come. It's this grand like reversal, this flipping, this upside down way. Um, and so there is an aspect of that to this as well, where it's rioting is not the answer. Getting violent, destructive. I mean, I'm a hardcore nonviolent pacifist as well. Um, and I say hardcore <laughs> because a lot of people think pacifism as passivism. Um, if you call my nuance there where it's, it's passive, um, but uh-huh. it's not. I am aggressively nonviolent. Um, but that is, that is our call is to hear, first off, we need to first hear the plights of those who are having injustice sent against them. We hear that. We understand that. We seek to eradicate that. We seek to help them just like Ryan was saying by fostering or helping these other communities so that these riots won't come so that, you know, that judgment won't come. We do that first. Then when it happens, um, sure, we, we first seek to understand, but then, yeah, we do eventually try to seek a more biblical means, a more just means, a way that is turning the other cheek, a way that's blessing when we're cursed, a way that's praying when we're persecuted. Um, but a lot of times Christians are just using that second half when they haven't done anything about the first half. They're telling right. these people who are seeking justice in maybe non-biblical means when they themselves have ignored their justice calls in non-biblical ways. It, it's the, the pot calling the kettle black in some ways. It, it is this utter hypocrisy because it's your fault in some ways, maybe not all of us, but it's some people's responsibility to alleviate that plight. But then we get mad at them when they acknowledge the plight and then respond in a way that is not biblical when we ourselves weren't being biblical. So anyway, Ryan, is there any last thoughts on this as we close this out? No, man. I think we said a lot. All right. Well, we'll catch you on the next one. We got some fun ones coming up. And by fun, I mean hard and deep and (laughs) serious. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we'll see you then.